episode 31, chapter 4, grading. I didn't have a gem mint childhood. Welcome to episode 31 of The Card Diary by Javi S. Thompson. I am your host, Denny Cards, the self-proclaimed jack-of-all-trades, master of none. And as I like to paraphrase Jay-Z, you could be listening to any podcast in the world, but you're here with me. And so thank you so much for doing so. I'm recording this on August 18th, and I feel like it's been eons since I last recorded an episode, but I have some good reasons for that. The first being that I was on the Cousins Collectibles podcast earlier this week, and Cousins Tony and Oz were fantastic hosts. And if you don't listen to them already, give them a listen because I love their chemistry together and their tag team approach when it comes to making guests feel comfortable. So shout out to them. And I'm really envious uh, that they have such a great, you know, familial bond and that they have such great chemistry. It really does make me want to have like a co-host to this, uh, to the proceedings here. But um, I also think that I'll be on two other podcasts in the coming weeks, uh, but I don't want to say where yet. Uh, Not because I think I'll jinx it, but because I don't know when they'll drop and when we're going to actually record. But, you know, if you don't know already, I love listening to podcasts and I look forward to being on those shows. And someone I know who has been waiting for this particular episode to drop is Iowa Dave. So shout out to you. Um, He's not only a listener to this pod, but a friend of the pod and quite frankly, a friend and listener to many podcasts. So, and he also has his own podcast as well called The Shallow End with the Wolfpack Network. So um, I just love creators. You know, if you're creating, uh, you're the man in the arena or woman in the arena. So kudos to all of you. Um, The second reason for this delay is that so much of my hobby time since the national has been not just editing and publishing reels from uh, Rosemont, um, not only that, you know, I can document my own journey and give folks a glimpse into, you know, what is called the biggest card show on earth. But also, a lot of it has uh, to do with, you know, having just really meaningful, and that also means long, conversations and discussions with folks I consider mentors in the hobby, um, as well as peers and contemporaries, you know, we're all like learning and growing together. And It's not just like two or three people in the same circle. Uh, It really is a wide net of folks in different stations in the hobby and different experience levels. And I'm just like soaking it all in. I'm just learning from their experiences. The, um, you know, there were definitely discussions before national and DMs and then meeting in person kind of crystallized. You know, you kind of size someone up and see if uh, there's chemistry and just, you know, whether you're willing to. It's almost like going on a date, I guess. You're like, yeah, do we want to proceed with this relationship? Maybe we do. So just having discussions with a lot of folks, um, just because I don't want to just get all my information and all my advice from just one particular person, because I just feel like I'm still getting to understand my style and my, my everything and the hobby really. So, um, some of those folks may be listening to this podcast now. And if that is the case, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for your time, your patience, your guidance. It really, truly does mean a lot to me. So thank you very much. Um, You know who you are. Uh, The third reason for this delay is my family and I went to go see Blackpink in Rutherford, New Jersey last week. Um, And that's where the Giants and uh, Jets play. 
uh, MetLife Stadium, and I just came back so tired. It set a lot of my content back, including this podcast. Um, earlier uh, in the week, I posted just the tickets on my Instagram. Um, I made a promise to my family I wouldn't post anything else. Um, not not just because it's not like card related, but and this card adjacent, um, you know, that part of the trip because grading companies do also great tickets, but you know, it was a family outing. So I didn't want to like post a ton of video of just, you know, a, an amazing concert and things like that. Um, but you know, uh, speaking about grading tickets, that's a perfect segue for this next ch chapter about grading. Um, well, I'm not going to segue there just yet. I, I am going to take a pause and talk about that after I do a little bit more talking about this trip that I had going to uh, New Jersey slash New York because oh, I have a little bit of regret. I almost made it to Bleecker Trading um, in Manhattan, but I couldn't make it out there. Uh, they opened, um, you know, like I think their their opening hours were like at noon and I just couldn't do it in the afternoon. I could only try to go in the morning. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a matter of time before I go out there. Um, but I was in the morning, uh, in uh, I think it was like Saturday morning, I was able to go out to my childhood home in Queens, New York, which I've talked about earlier in this podcast. And this is pretty cool. I was able to show my son uh, for the first time ever uh, my childhood home. Uh, not only that, I could show him exactly where my old local card shop was um, that I've also talked about earlier, way earlier in this podcast. I, ha I hadn't visited my childhood home and my neighborhood in 12 years. I mean, I've been back to New York City. It's just that when I'm there, I'm visiting friends in, you know, um, Manhattan, other areas of Queens, and I could, you know, and, and they were younger. And I just thought this was the, the perfect time to take them. And only one of them was awake at the time. So we drove out there and, um, you know, I just I got a lot of nostalgia. You know, I felt a lot of just kind of, you know, I felt my feelings and, I showed him where my friends and I would play stickball, basketball, handball. Um, no one's, there are no handball cards out there. Um, but it brought back a lot of memories. And uh, I have yet to post any of this, uh, about this aspect of the trip on social media. But I did kind of want to share that, you know, it was, it was a really like a memorable weekend for many reasons. And um, I also met my friends. Uh, you know, I've seen him, uh, you know, more recent than 12 years, but um, seeing him and his kids and they're into cards and they're showing me their cards. Um, they didn't, it wasn't even planned for me to like see their cards. They just always bring around their binders wherever they go. And they're just showing me their binders and like talking about the backs of the cards and learning from it. And like, just loving just these, like, just really, you know, like base cards. They're not in top loaders, penny sleeves, slabs. You know, I don't think they own any slaps. It was just pure childhood enjoyment of of the binder of cards, basketball, football, baseball, and soccer. And it was just awesome. It, it really just made me feel very, um, I don't know, um, nostalgic, I guess is the word. I don't know. I, I don't want to keep using that word as a crutch, but, you know, that's what I felt. Um, but, you know, that visit, this visit uh, th that happened this past weekend, it really made me think about the title for this chapter episode. Um, I think a lot of us can say that, you know, we didn't have gem mint childhoods, right? And I guess even the kids who are like boss babies with their, um, you know, Zion cases um, and just walking around like little businessmen, um, I'm sure they, they don't feel like they have gem mint childhoods. But um, 
yeah, I don't know if there's such a thing as like a pristine or perfect childhood. Uh, we all have things that we remember. Nostalgia, the funny thing, though, is it, it's we just remember the good stuff. Um, we tend to forget the bad stuff. And um, it, it's 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 a uh, nostalgia can be funny that way, I guess. But, you know, when I was a kid collecting 90s basketball cards from the cheaper packs and, you know, like I said in the past, like on occasion, the nicer stadium club and flare showcase packs, I was I was a really shy kid and cards were my escape, which is funny because, you know, um, kids who collected sports cards uh, back then, you know, I think a lot of us were made fun of because, I mean, especially if you didn't play sports. I mean, if you collected cards and you were like, you know, playing baseball and you were like really good at sports, you're always picked first or second or you're one of the captains. Right. I mean, you you were I mean, maybe you were made fun of by the older kids, but, you know, in, in with your peers, you were like, you know, one of the cool kids. But, you know, for me, um, when it came to sports, you know, my immigrant parents, they didn't know how to sign me up for youth sports. They were just trying to make it in America. So, you know, I didn't really play like organized sports. And that's why I think for me, it's so important for me to try to, you know, be more involved in my kids uh, with their youth sports, especially in basketball. And, you know, um, it's just my way of being uh not 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 righting the wrongs of my parents but more like just trying to do better i guess right i mean i'm not an immigrant parent so i get to do some more things and um just have more wherewithal of how to navigate the systems so um what else did i want to say oh yeah like when it comes to being a shy kid i i think some people uh, especially if you follow me on instagram it might be kind of surprising for you to hear that um but I do want to kind of remind folks, if, if you're newer to my page, it really did genuinely take me a long time to finally show my face on Instagram. Uh, I was just against that idea for, I don't know how many hundreds of posts until it finally, you know, I was um, guided or um, kind of like urged to not just talk about representation, representation, but to be about the representation, not just, you know, talk the talk, but walk the walk. But you know, ultimately, um, I don't really have social media presence in other ways. Uh, once I got a, uh, once I got the taste of podcasts, uh, you know, being guests on podcasts or you know having my face, um, it got easier, and I like it. Um, I don't shy away from it, especially if you saw my national coverage. But you know, I'm an only child. I'm a natural introvert, uh, and and that's something that the cousins and I talked about on their podcast. And but the thing is, I can't remember now if we talked about it on the podcast, uh, you know, while recording or after the recording, which by the way, is my favorite time, whether I'm the host or a guest, uh, that after recording, like post show talk, I mean, that's when things get really real. And, um, you know, that's like all the, you know, talks done in confidence and nothing that's going to be spilled. But I really enjoyed that time after uh, we recorded. But yeah, I mean, I'm a natural introvert. And uh, I think that's also why maybe I'm not a I'm not as good as I was hoping to be when it comes to the transactional side of the hobby, especially like in person at shows. Um, sometimes I feel, you know, I think introverts. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't maybe like you don't have to be an introvert to be nice or you don't have to be an extrovert to be nice. It's more of like I think sometimes um, I do like negotiating. But if I like someone, it's it's harder for me to like, you know, really um, take it down to like the nuts and bolts and like, you know, try to squeeze every dollar. Um, 
and I know some people are just really good at that or just like really good salesmen. But yeah, um, you know, being an introvert, like even to this day, when I go to a party, I come back home and no one in my family can talk to me for the rest of the evening and the, and the, and the next morning. I think that extroverts derive a lot of energy from big groups of people, whereas I can have fun at a party. Don't get me wrong. Like I love to kind of go to a party, but it drains me. And I also much prefer to have one-on-one -on -one chats than big group ones because, you know, I know that, um, you know, just more meaningful connections that way. Um, and it's also just an easier social setting. So I, 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 that's why I enjoy my, you know, my, my uh, morning walks with the rated rabbi. Shout out to him, David Spinrad. And, but I know that, you know, I've grown and I know how to adapt to different social settings, but it doesn't mean that it's easy. You know, I mean, just because you do it, and just because I put my face out there in social media doesn't mean that it's like the easiest thing. Um, but all right, I think I've gone on way too much of a tangent here. So I'm going to pause here and I'm going to re recenter myself here. Oh, man, I forgot how much I just lose my ability to catch my breath when I do these monologue episodes. It's it's just, I don't know. I just keep talking and I don't give myself enough breaks. Okay, so enough talk about introverts and extroverts. I hope you enjoyed the last two episodes where I had Rob Gerard, the sports car therapist on. Shout out to him. Thank you so much. You know, we ended up talking about inner feelings I've been having as I venture further into this hobby space, especially content creation and just a myriad of awesome topics that I just don't feel like are being discussed enough um, out there in in any medium. And I won't rehash all of that, but I will say um, I am happy with my collection. I'm happy with my place in the hobby, the value add I bring to the hobby. And, you know, not just from content creation, but things I'm just trying to do with my community. And I'm just trying to grow and learn and, again, wear the many different hats. So uh, I've never done this before, but I'm so proud that in almost exactly a month, I'll be hosting a trade night in my local area. Uh, and I also currently have concurrently, which, you know, good grief. Of course, I need more things to do, but I have a giveaway going for charity right now um, for Camp Kesem with Slapstock's Aaron. Um, he's got, you know, a really great charity that he's helping out. And I'm just trying to, you know, I think we all have something to give, uh, you know, time, talent, treasure and whatever you're able to provide, you know, people in need. Uh, there's also like Maui Strong with like the wildfires in Maui. Um, there's just, you know, a lot of people who are hurting and in need. And so, um, you know, if you're able to be a value add in the hobby, you know, I encourage you to, right? I mean, in whatever capacity that you're able to. So um, I do have plans um, in this hobby as Thompson card diary podcast world to make a chapter episode about hosting trade nights, rip parties, card shows. Um, you know, providing value to the community. But this chapter episode and the next few episodes are going to be about grading. Okay, so you have your cards, you've bought and sold, you uh, created a social media account, you know, these are chapters one, two, and three, we're on chapter four here. And so now maybe you're thinking about submitting your cards or grading. For those of you who are much more experienced, you already know the drill. And honestly, this chapter episode may be too basic for you. And so maybe you skip this one, I wouldn't mine because you've already listened and downloaded. So if you just want to skip to my next episode, totally okay. Um, but I wanted to share my grading journey on this episode, uh, not just to just talk and talk and talk, but to set up my next few guests. And this is what I want to talk about is I, I've already recorded with one guest. 
Um, and that's going to be episode 32 uh, and maybe 33 if I split it up. And it's an awesome conversation. And I will share and I will share since I already just recorded it. Um, not just recorded it. We recorded it like maybe a week um, ago. But it's with the person behind the Gemrate account on Instagram. And I really enjoyed that chat with Ryan of Gemrate. And I hope you enjoy that episode. It should be the one following this one, like I, like I just mentioned. Um, I am still in the process of lining up the next several episodes after that. We're in full transparency. I, I will let you know kind of behind the scenes and behind the curtains that I have reached out to the following grading companies to ask if they could make one of their graders available. And they are. And mm. it's not a super long list, but it's PSA, BGS, SGC, CGC, C3 grading, Arena Club, and ISA grading, and also TAG. Um, <laughs> I wrote a list of other grading companies here. I'm just going to name them all to you because, again, it, I can't believe how many there are. Um, but there is also... Rare, HGA, FCG, RCA, KSA, WSG, GMG, AGS, MGS, DSG, CPG, PGS, RCG, PGI, DCI, and Five Star. Some of those I had to Google for, but I've seen a fair amount of these labs. Um, I don't even know if a lot of them are around, um, but I think there is definitely like this tier one, tier two, tier three system. Um, you know, of course, and it's no offense, it's just market cap, market share. Um, so with the seven that I just mentioned that I did reach out to, uh, four of them being the top four major grading companies and three of them from like, say, tier two, um, I have three potential leads, which I think would be awesome because how often do we talk uh, um, in social media or with each other about, you know, this, uh, is it a myth, right? Uh, the grader having a bad day when they're grading our cards, you know, does that really affect the outcome of a grade? How much of a myth is that? How hard is the job of grader? How many minutes or seconds does it take to grade a card? Does it really cost more to grade a card that is more expensive? Do graders know the declared value that we set on a card? Um, what do the phases look like before and after the actual grading process, you know, with the before being research and ID and the after being QA2, you know, quality assurance two, and the slabbing process. Like, I would love to know this. And if I'm able to get three graders on or, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that they're graders, but there's some people who want to have like someone even higher up, which part of me is like, that's really cool. But then also like. You know, were they graders? Like, I, I want graders. I want to know the mindset of a grader. Uh, that's what I, that's the value I want to bring to the listenership here. Um, I want to learn, and I hope you you learn from them as well. So, best to hear it straight from the horse's mouth, right? So, for me, um, <laughs> makes me wonder if I should say who the three companies are. I will say this: PSA is not one of them. BGS is not one of them, and that's all I'll say for now. Uh, it is a little bit of a teaser, but I, I want to say, I think PSA, if you're the clubhouse leader, you have no reason to be on my podcast or anyone's podcast. You are winning. You have the most market share. You are dominating the industry. You are the resale king. And there really is no, I don't know, there's no PR, there's no uh, publicity you have to do. There's no PR, public relations that you have to do. You're, you are the number one in, in, many categories um there's also the you know the pokemon versus sports cards aspect of things because there are some people who do 
uh, desire other slabs uh, for non-sports card, uh, non-sports cards, and um, I think a lot of people, maybe who listen to this, are maybe sports card centric, and uh, if you're not, please let me know. I would love to figure out who my audience is, other than country of origin, gender, and you know which platform you listen to me from. But oh, and age, of course. But when it comes to um, the landscape, we just know that there there are so many and so many people. Well, I don't want to speak for everyone, but you know, there's a lot of there's a conventional wisdom out there, or not even wisdom. What am I trying to say? There are people out there, and I'm not going to say how many, but there are people out there who are like, why even be a grading company? We know PSA is number one. BG, BGS used to be number one. Um, why do these all other ones exist? And you know, it's really interesting. I was talking to Ryan, just a little teaser is not everyone is trying to be number one. It's okay to be like a tier two grading company. Um, yes, it's everyone would love to be the, the industry leader. But, you know, there are our motivations, you know, um, like in Formula One racing, you know, just because you're Williams racing. And I only know them because I watched the Netflix show <laughs> Drive to Drive to Survive. Um, but um, just because they're like always like near the middle to the end of the pack doesn't mean that they should just give up in racing. They're fighting with all the other teams trying to get an extra point in the standings, you know, and then there's like the mid tier. Um you know, we all know, or the people who watch um, Formula One know that there's like the the top three that always compete. And I'm not, I'm not going to say them because I feel like I'm going to mess one of them up. But you know, there's Red Bull, there's uh, Mercedes. Oh, is Ferrari the third one? Someone's going to be really angry at me here. But then you know, there's McLaren, and then there's Aston Martin. I'm going to stop there because I can't remember the other ones off the top of my head. But these other ones vie for you know third, fourth, fifth, sixth place. And that's a big deal to them. So, you know, I think that the uh, competition is good. Uh, I said that at the Cousins Collectible podcast, we just ended up talking a lot about grading, completely uh, coincidental and not related to this uh, particular episode, although maybe it was in my head. But when it comes to grading, I think that or in any industry in and out of the hobby, I think, I think competition is good for the consumer. And so I would love to see more parity with uh, resale value because I think that's the main one. You know, there are some that give to subgrades, some that give, you know, maybe nicer looking slabs or more information. There's QR codes, there's scanning, there's pop reports, which are population reports. But there's so much out there. And I just feel like uh, we could just all ask for more, not demand more maybe, but like we can all ask more from these companies because we are spending quite a pretty penny, um, you know, anywhere of, you know, somewhere in the dozens to the, the twenties and more for the, the more expensive cards again, which is debatable as to why we do that crazy nonsense. Right. It's like, why does it cost more to create this, uh, more, uh, expensive card, but all right, I'm going to stop there. I did I go 10 minutes? I did go 10 minutes. All right. I need a breather again. All right. I I think I really need to like get in better shape or do something with my chair cuz I I don't know why I'm having such a hard time uh catching my breath today, but I feel that I I can't just 
prolong recording this any longer. Again, it's August 18th. Um, I feel like it's been almost two weeks since I've last recorded, so we're just going to trudge along. Um, so this part, I wanted to talk about my personal experience with grading. Um, but first, I wanted to say, why why is declared value even a thing? Like, why does it seem like there's so much burden on us as consumers with the entire grading process, with you know, coming up with declared value, figuring out the shipping, the weighing. I, I know those are important to ship things out, but, you know, we have to put in the description perfectly for each card and we have to pay for the shipping there and back, pay for the shipping. Uh, I already said that. Pay for insurance. And, you know, we're basically doing everything except grading the card and sealing it in its plastic tomb forever. Um, or at least until we're ready to, uh, you know, crack the card and resubmit it again. But I just feel like, you know, that's something I want to explore in the next several episodes is why have we just accepted that we have so much uh, of this onus on us to to figure out, you know, a lot of this stuff, especially declared value. It's like, how am I supposed to figure out what the value is of this card? Of course, I'm going to assume that every one of my little babies is like a gem mint, you know, Um but these next several episodes, depending on how many guests I line up, will be about the grading process. And it's also going to be in order to humanize the human grader. Um, sorry, robots. Um, I still want to tag on if they're willing to come on, but I have to figure out how to figure out. Um, I have to figure out how to have a person from an AI grading company to speak about the grading process. Yes, that's what I meant to say. Um, so my experience in grading, uh, my first submission was the PSA. It was done with the rated rabbi who submitted in the past. And this was like early on when I came back into the hobby. You know, he told me this thing comes back a 10. And what I'm saying is the 2008, 2009 Topps Chrome refractor uh, that I pulled from a blaster box, uh, Kobe and LeBron on it. And, um, you know, he, he was like, this, this thing can buy a minivan, not this this can buy a Tesla. It wasn't like that. But, you know, he was like a PSA 10 at, at the height of the bubble. This this car is going for like something like 28 grand or something like that. You know, now it's not. But, um, you know, I ended up getting a nine on it. But he was already uh, submitting three vintage baseball cards at uh, Mantle, uh, Jackie. I can't remember the third one off the top of my head. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dave. Uh, but I added on to his submission a fourth card, my, you know, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James card. And, you know, it's, it's not numbered refractor. It's not an orange refractor out of 499, which I, I love that set. Um, the orange refractors of 2008, 2009 Topps Chrome. But um, I, I I had it in a penny sleeve and top loader uh, since I pack pulled it in 2008 or 2009, whenever it was. And at the time I pulled a card, I didn't even think it was a really big card. Uh, I remember posting on um, a website called Sports Card Forum. Uh, I went into the deep archives. They still had uh, messages. And I was like, oh, you know, I got this Kobe refractor. I didn't really think much of it. But, um, you know, the rated rabbi was like, this card is like a really big card. And let's submit it for grading. Let's see if it gets a 10. And we looked at that card, every corner, every edge. And again, I'm, I was newer to the space. But, you know, he had a really good eye for this stuff. And we were like, how is this not a 10? You know, we had the centering tool out. We had, you know, I think we had like, um, you know, the... we. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm going to mess this joke up. What's that thing? The compass. Yeah, I was trying to make a joke about geometry, but we had all these things. Um, I didn't know how to clean cards at that time. Uh, I maybe took a microfiber cloth to it a little bit. You know, there's no auto to smudge or anything like that on it. It's just a, you know, a chromium uh, refractor card. 
Uh, didn't see any dimples, didn't see any corner issues. It was crispy. It was beautiful front and back, but it came back a nine. And at that point I was like, I want to know this upgrade. So like, why is this card not a gem? Like I, I just really wanted to know. It was like that, you know, um, song, tell me why, which I think I may have said that in the cousins collectible podcast, but it's okay. Um, but you know, when it comes to grading, uh, personally, I'm, I'm not that concerned about turnaround time. Uh, I'm not flipping my cards, I, at least my PC stuff, and uh, I mostly submit for PC. I know there's a lot of people who want to grade and get Gem Mint 10s and uh, PSA 10s and then flip, but I'm a pretty patient person, uh, not a wait a whole year type of patient person, <laughs> and I've definitely had issues with patience as a kid, but f for a collector like me, I don't mind waiting. I would much rather desire accurate and consistent grading versus faster grading. Um, I also want information, subgrades, but then there's that, you know, concern that people have about how much is too much, you know, is, is having a heat map or things down to the hundredth or thousandth um, uh, value, uh, numerical value, is that too much? Um, but I think for a lot of people, especially the grade and flip folks, it's all about resale value, which again, PSA is currently the king as of this recording, August 18th, 2023. Um, my personal gem rating is below 50%, but I also remind myself that's okay because it's mostly 90s basketball cards where you're lucky to even get some nines. And there's this um, saying uh, that the rated rabbi told me, it's 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 kind of like called a collector's grade, and I apologize if I get that wrong, but it's, it's this concept that the numeric, the numerical grade from that decade, which does rhyme, is okay. Meaning a card from the 50s grading us a five is uh, a grade that a collector would be happy with. A uh, card from the 80s being a, an eight from any company, not just PSA, just uh, an eight is, is okay. So um, my personal breakdown is as follows. Uh, I submitted my own personal submission five times with PSA, uh, four back, one is still pending twice with bgs one was a two card submission the other one was 12 cards um and arena club i did at national cgc i did at national so the total number i have personally submitted 114 cards to psa out of those five submissions 14 cards to bgs 30 cards to arena club 12 cards to cgc and I also, I have not done any with SGC, C3 grading, TAG, um, but I do own quite a number of SGC holder cards, um, and I will say that I do like the look of them. I just haven't gotten, I don't know, like I just haven't done it yet. I haven't like, and it's not this whole like, oh, I, it's because I don't collect vintage. It's just that I haven't, you know, I, I just named four grading companies, <laughs> you know, I I'm, I'm trying my best to learn about the grading companies, but I also don't have like an unlimited amount of cards and resources and money and all that. So um, that said, I think it's awesome that SGC does this $9 promotion with tops. I've seen it a couple of times and they also have a very, you know, visible president um, and no one is paying me to say this. Okay. I just think that it's really smart for these grading companies to partner with these card manufacturers um, and, and provide these promotions and get more cards from that set, uh, to be maybe, you know, better known and have, you know, stronger, more robust population reports. I think it's just smart. Um, but of course with the card manufacturers, uh, I don't know if you think this, but you know, it makes me wonder, will fanatics buy one or more of these grading companies? I mean, it's possible. I mean, a lot of people just think it's a matter of time before this next domino falls after they 
purchased, you know, the uh, PWCC marketplace and all that. But um, that's, I, I won't, I won't go down that rabbit hole. Um, you know, so we talked about submitting the card for grading, uh, the cost, you know, ranging in the teens to, to the, um, the low 20s for, you know, things that are like declared value under $500 and then, you know, 150 for, you know, all this stuff, right? Um, but I will say uh, when it comes to the grading process, um, I, I think I'm getting better at it. I think in the beginning, I was just not that I was submitting anything for grading, but I just didn't have like the tools. I didn't have the centering tool to make sure that, you know, did something line up as close to 50 50 as possible. I think a lot of people think that a card has to be perfectly 50 50 top, bottom, left, right, front and back for it to be a perfect gem in 10. Um, and I'm not going to speak about pristine and black label, all that with BGS, because um, those are like, you know, I guess you have to be like 50 50. But for like a PSA 10, uh, I think some people uh, know that you can be 60 40 in the front. Um, and as crazy as it sounds, you can be 90 10 in the back. Um, you can be really off center in the back. I think a lot of the grading companies, their focus is on the, their focus is mainly on the front. And uh, that's not to say that the back doesn't matter. It's just that the th there's a lot more emphasis on the front. And again, I'm not a grader. I would love to get folks from these grading companies to kind of talk about that more with me. But that's just the sense that I get from learning from a lot of other folks. And if I was wrong about the 6040, because that was just off the top of my head, I apologize. <laughs> Please don't skewer me. Maybe it's 55, 45, but I think it's 6040. This episode won't be about cleaning cards. I know that can be very controversial, but um, for me, uh, you know, I've gotten better with the magnifying glass, the centering tool, the microfiber cloth, um, and just you know, I think that it really is almost like an art and a science, um, and you just have to get better with anything you do in the hobby and out of the hobby. Just just get better with more experience and more time. So. One thing I also recognized and noticed just um, really interesting is in the TCG world, there's like these, you know, cards that are manufactured in Japan. And I got to say, uh, I've seen quite the number of like perfect, pristine, you know, whatever you want to call them, like whether it's BGS, um, uh, pristine black label or not. But these cards from overseas, Weisschwartz, Pokemon, they are like just in so much better condition, fresh out of the pack than the ones that are manuf manufactured in America. And I know I have some foreign listeners here too. Um, you know, hello to all of you as well. But why are we okay? <laughs> like really, why are we okay as consumers and collectors that cards that are freshly pack pulled and put immediately into penny sleeves and top loaders, whether it's by, you know, breakers or ourselves, but why are we okay with these cards that are immediately preserved to not be consistently gem mint? Uh, and I'm not even talking about pristine and black label. I'm talking about just gem mint. Um, cards are coming out of packs, you know, centering issues, corner issues, edge issues, surface issues. It's just like, I, I don't, I don't know what's, why we are like, Hey, this may, this might get a 10. I don't know. I might have to, you know, like, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to take a chance and submit it. Whereas 
folks in the TCG world, when they submit their Japanese Pokemon cards or their Disney 100 cards, the chances of getting Black Label or Pristine are just so much higher than the American sports cards. But it's almost like we've been somehow tricked into thinking or perhaps just willing to accept that the cards that we spend our hard-earned money on, that it's it's okay for us to, as consumers, to absorb that gamble that come out that they come out in in even mint condition. So, oh my goodness, uh, I went on a very <laughs> oh my goodness, I have, I have not podcasted in a while. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about was um, you know there's this concern people have about pop control, population report control. Um, particularly like the star athletes and particularly by, you know, say like a company like PSA. Um, I will say, uh, you know, if, if the question is asked to me, do I believe in Michael Jordan pop control by PSA? I think early on when I came back into the hobby, I did, but I kind of don't. I mean, you know, a lot of people are like, who has the time to worry about that? I think maybe for the really expensive cards, maybe there's more heavy scrutiny. And I do think maybe the more expensive cards, are given to the more experienced graders again um, just a hunch but you know i think of that conspiracy theory almost as just an unfounded fun conspiracy theory i think it's fun to kind of just joke about that a little bit um i don't own any even mid-end jordan cards the jordan cards i have are really at the low end uh, so i don't really put much stock into the theory anymore i definitely used to get really worked up about it because i'm like why, why did my pack pulled uh cards as a kid just you know that i did put into penny sleeves because those were you know the jordan cards did not go into my binders they went into you know the top loaders but why why didn't they grade well um and, and you know what i realized is um there is this concern that if you have childhood cards that yes you may have it in like a top loader or like a <laughs> or a screw down but that there is humidity uh you know a, a concern for humidity damage and so especially if you have it in an attic right that's not climate controlled it can definitely slightly warp the edges uh, maybe not the corners but the edges of these you know foil cards so that these 90s cards are just you know that are not chromium right they're like foil or they're paper cards uh they can slightly warp the edges to the point where it's enough to make a card that looks so perfect to be mint, which is nines or eight, you know, like it's still good, like near mint, eight, mint, nine. It's just not a gem mint 10. But of course, we all strive for these tens. And so I, I had to come to grips with these cards that I was submitting to PSA. I submitted a bunch of, you know, base Jordans. Um, not to really flip, just to kind of like preserve. It's all—it's almost like getting a grade from a teacher. I was like, please, I hope I get a good grade on my report card. And I was hoping that my Jordans would come back as 10s. And when they didn't, I was like, what's going on? This is like so messed up. But, you know, the more I looked at it, I was like, you know, there's probably some edge, um, raised the edges on these cards that, that knocked it out to be uh, not in a gem, um, gem mint holder. Um you know, it's really interesting. I got to say this about PSA as well. This is not a um, PSA. I'm, I'm, I'm maligned or upset with PSA. Uh, it's it's just a reality um, that I've realized. And again, it's my journey and I'm, I'm just sharing my uh, experience, maybe not my knowledge, but just my experience. But I kind of wanted to just briefly talk about these lower cert cards from PSA because I have seen quite a number of PSA uh, holder cards 
with a certain number starting with a zero, one, or two, and they are labeled as PSA 10. And I'll either see them in person at a show or online, or I'll buy it online and I'll have it in my hand and I'm looking at it. And, you know, it's like the old looking um, PSA uh, label. Uh, It doesn't have the lighthouse technology, all this stuff. You know, it's definitely an old card. And certainly you can have some... uh, some damage from it being uh, shifting around in the in the holder for several years. But I've also noticed that some of these cards have like dimples and surface scratches where I'm like, you know, what happened in the past? Again, maybe that's back when BGS Beckett was king and PSA was the one who was in the BGS or SGC, um, you know, uh, position in the Formula One race. But it's really interesting. I feel like if you crack those cards out that are in PSA 10 holders that are in certain numbers like 0, 1, and 2, maybe 3, I just feel like if you resub it, there's no way it gets the same grade that it gets another Gem Mint 10. Again, that's just based on my experience. I, I own some of these cards where I just look at them. And I'm like, how is this a Gem Mint 10, PSA 10? So it makes me wonder, like, do I just sell the card and just, you know, not want it in my collection? Um, but that's why people say buy the card, not the grade. So I'll pause there. I'm going to have to wrap this up. I, I did not realize how, how long I went here. All right. It's not going to be more than five minutes, I think. So here we go. Uh, I think there's a lot of discussion being had on social media about are we in a junk slab era and how can we not be right? I mean, there are some cards that are in uh, holders that I don't know. It's just maybe it's just my opinion, but they have no business being slabbed, you know, base cards that are um, it's not that you can't love base cards and slab them up, but like people just with really bad eyes or, you know, maybe they have great eyes, but they're like, I can't believe this got a six or a seven. But when I see like a Zion PSA six base rookie card, um, I, I, I just think that maybe we have taken it grading to the extreme. Uh, I think maybe we've over graded and the people who benefit are the grading companies and the consumers are the ones who, again, just um, bear the brunt. And I think that's why it's important for us to be more knowledgeable and to be looking out for each other and maybe getting a second uh, set of eyes or a second opinion as to why, you know, which cards we should be grading. You know, I'm certainly of the mind that people can spend their money however they want and maybe they PC that player, right? But again, when I see these hot rookies with base cards, with low grades, <laughs> I'm just like, wow, you know, uh, maybe maybe we really took it to the extreme here. So um, I guess maybe the final thing I want to say is I would love to see uh, in the grading space going forward. Again, I don't know how it happens, right? Do we all as consumers have to say like, you know, we clamor for it or or whatever. But, you know, aside from getting rid of declared value, um, because that's a whole nother thing. But um, at least, you know, could we get greater notes? Like I know uh, when I graded with CGC at the National and I purchased their premier membership because it just made sense to me. And I, you know, I'm not going to, you know, they didn't pay me to say anything, um, but I will say if you look at my content, uh, you'll see that, you know, the reasons why I went with their premier membership. But that membership level allows for free greater notes for comics if you're a member. 
But then I, I remember asking the person, like, why not greater notes for cards? Uh, you know, especially if they don't gem, right? I mean, if it's a gem, gem mint 10, you, you're happy. You don't need greater notes. But I just would love to know, like, these cards, again, yes, they're subgrades and they, they can tell a story. But, you know, greater notes would go beyond just the numerical subgrade you know, value, uh, it would say, or it would circle something on a piece of paper. I know the AI technology does these heat maps where they'll have like the, um, kind of like a transposed, like green light or green, green screen, where it will show you where there, there's some whitening. Um, but you know, for example, that Kobe refractor that I mentioned earlier, I would just love to know what it was that it knocked it out of being a 10. Uh, I think, I would definitely pay more for that information. I don't know if others would, but for me, information is power. Knowings have to battle, you know, GI Joe. <laughs> so I'll just end this episode uh, here because I'm just so excited to get to my guest uh, episodes. Again, the next one being Ryan from Gem Rate. Uh, thanks for listening. And I'll end it there. And my listeners and friends, au revoir.